none of my friends were Christian. And, um, yeah, we we're just, you know, wasting our life away, you know, living, you know, just a worldly life. Um, of course, I didn't see it at that point. And I just came under such conviction, Matt. Um, I just knew that my life was wrong. I mean, I said the sinner's prayer hundreds of times. Um, and again, I had a fear of the Lord. I mean, I was raised in a Christian home, as I said. Um, I used to be involved in all the Christian things, but my heart was so far, you know, from God. Um, so, yeah, I just came under such conviction um, that I knew that I knew that if I had died that day, um, like I was not right with God. Um, and I guess it was really, you know, the fear of the Lord really broke through my heart. Um, I wasn't in a church service. I wasn't in a revival meeting. Uh, there was nobody preaching. Um, I went into my, you know, room. Um, you know, my roommates were out in the other part of the apartment doing, you know, what they do. And um, I fell on my knees, and I just started crying. Um, and I had prayed this prayer many times before, but this time I really, really meant it. In my last year at uni, I was probably 20, 21, and I just said, Father, please forgive me. Um, you know, everything that I've done, you know, I'm coming home. You know, I repent, like the story of the prodigal son. And immediately, Matt, and those of us listening right now, this huge weight of guilt, shame, condemnation just lifted off of me. Um, and I just had a God encounter where, where he saved me radically. Um, and then cleansed me. And like, literally, it was out of darkness uh, into light from, you know, lost to found, from blind to see, you know, from death to life in a moment as I surrendered to Christ and then saw myself dying on the cross with Jesus and then received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Yeah, it was totally transformational. And then uh, my whole life began to, of course, you know, change, you know, go from wrong way to right way. And so many things happened yeah, after that. What was the uh, the big changes that everyone noticed in you? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so much. Um, like I said, you know, it was just like, you know, uh, night to day, you know, darkness to light. Um, actually, I mean, I went to bed that particular night, and it was a really tough night for me to go to bed. Like, I think that's when God really opened my spiritual eyes and really opened my spiritual ears to the spiritual realm. Um, you know, the battle between good and evil, light and darkness. I mean, I felt this, like, spiritual battle going on over my soul. Um, I don't know if it was the devil himself, uh, you know, some kind of, you know, demon, uh, you know, some kind of messenger of darkness, but I was really afraid, um, Matt, and, you know, as I went to bed that night, I'm having this spiritual battle go on. Of course, I had just come out of darkness into light, and I had just turned my life to God and, you know, accepted Jesus and, you know, his finished work on the cross, um, and, I mean, I wasn't spirit-filled, and, you know, I didn't know what I know now, and I didn't even know how to pray or really how to read the Bible, but I did know that Jesus purchased me with his blood. So the best that I could, I said, you know, in the name of Jesus, you know, Satan, devil, demon, whatever, you know, bad spirit is there trying to fight for my soul. I belong to Jesus now. You know, I don't belong to the darkness. I belong to the light. And so I just said, you know, in the name of Jesus, go, you know, the blood of Jesus has purchased me. And I went to bed and I woke up the next morning and, um, I'm sure, you know, all of our listeners are familiar with that song. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Yeah, yeah, Bobby <laughs> McFerrin. It was so real to me. It's like I saw different, heard different, you know, walked different, talked different. Everything began to change, of course, from the inside out. I was born again. Uh, I believe I was born again again because I believe I was born again, but then I was so backslidden. Um, but then, you know, you know, God just radically saved me. And then people all around me, those that knew me close, you know, begin to obviously see the differences. I mean, instead of going to the pubs and clubs, you know, for example, I'm going to church. Uh, you know, I'm reading the Bible hours and hours per day. Uh, you know, I'm just hungry for God. I'm hungry for the Word. I'm hungry for truth. Um, then, of course, I mean, at the time I was working in a pub when I was back in, you know, uni. So immediately, you know, I got convicted. I'm like, I can't work in a pub any longer and serve people alcohol and get them drunk. I'm like, I'm saved now. You know, I'm full of light. So I got out of that whole scene. So everything began to change. You know, God began to change my desires, um, began to change my focus. 
Um, and then, yeah, my last year of school, um, everything just went, you know, upward from there. I started taking classes at any, like, New Testament, Old Testament, you know, church history. I mean, I was just hungry for God, for truth, you know, for the Word. Um, and then, you know, just redeeming as much of my life as I could because I realized that I had allowed the enemy, you know, I had allowed, you know, the flesh, the world, the devil to rob, to steal, you know, so much of, you know, my destiny, you know, the call of God upon my life. So, yeah, I can really divide my life into two periods, Matt, and those of us listening, B.C. before Christ and A.D. after after death, after Jason died. And that was, um, I believe, in the year 2000, so about 23 years ago. Yeah. So I'm curious to know, after that conversion experience, uh, how did you get it into church ministry? Did you get straight back into into church? What was that experience like? You know, it's interesting because, um, again, I was raised in a Presbyterian uh, home, so evangelical, uh, I'd say traditional mainline, you know, not Pentecostal, not, you know, charismatic. Um, at this point in my life, I got radically saved, um, and then shortly thereafter, I like to say I got radically water baptized. Um, again, I had that been baptized many times before, but, you know, this was truly identifying with Jesus' death. Uh, you know, truly identifying with, you know, Jesus' resurrection. And I'll never forget, I got water baptized in a freezing cold river uh, in my university campus. And it was a supernatural experience where I believe, you know, Jason died that particular moment. You know, of course, the water baptism is an outward expression, as we know, of the internal conversion. And it was like, you know, the world behind me, the cross before me, you know, I want to live for Jesus, follow Jesus. So, yeah, so immediately I began to have this hunger after getting radically saved, radically water baptized, not just to know God, but to make God known everywhere. So at that time, I was going to a Church of Christ, which interestingly was not Spirit-filled. It was not Pentecostal. It was not charismatic. They didn't even believe in raising their hands or even having instruments. But they were very strong on street evangelism, witnessing, uh, you know, discipleship, uh, you know, reading the Word, etc. At the same time, I'm hungering for more of God's presence, you know, power, you know, spiritual Christianity. I was also going to a vineyard church. So this is my last year of university. So I was just getting as much of God um, as I could. And then when I finished my final year in university, um, I studied um, politics, also psychology, and then, of course, as I said, um, you know, after I got radically saved, I had such a hunger, you know, for God, truth, word, uh, you know, Christian history, to know where we've come from, where we are, where we're going, Bible prophecy. So I started taking all these, you know, Bible classes, but yet it was in a secular university. So you got to kind of, you know, eat the meat and spit out the bone. So I'm praying, and I'm like, well, what should I do now, you know, with my life? I really don't feel to do anything with what my major, with what my degree is, you know, politics or psychology. So as I'm praying, I just felt the Holy Spirit say, you know, take this opportunity to go overseas to East Asia, uh, to Japan, and teach English. Um, it's going to be life transformational. So I went overseas to Japan for one year. Um, as an English teacher, I like to say as a missionary uh, evangelist, um, and then I taught English there for one year. And um, then I say that's how God began to really, you know, cross-cultural, I like to say, baptize me into world missions, um, and then also begin to really unfold um, you know, I guess, you know, the calling um, as a missionary and as an evangelist um, and as a gospel preacher. So I was there for one year, yeah, in Japan, which was also really transformational, not just personally, but being able to, you know, share Jesus with so many Japanese, um, you know, even in the public school system that's primarily Shinto Buddhist. Um, I thank God, you know, for favor where I was able to play the Jesus DVD. I think those days, Matt, it was videos, but yes. anyway, be able to play the Jesus film, you know, uh, in public schools that are like totally Buddhist and Shinto. And I, I'll never forget, I even had one principal say to me these words in English in Japan. He said, Jason, 
our heart is like stone, speaking of the Japanese people, your heart is like fire. And I told them that's Jesus. Mm. Uh, so I took every opportunity I could, you know, to witness, evangelize, preach the gospel, saw Japanese, you know, come to Christ, also saw them water baptized, saw them discipled. It was very difficult for me when I left that because I had made so many good friendships and relationships with Japanese people, as well as other kind of missionaries teaching English from, you know, many parts of the world. And then they had this goodbye kind of party that they threw for me, and it was all in Japanese. And I couldn't understand Japanese well, but I had a tutor. And they had a sign that said, Jason no I, and it means Jason's love. So I gave this speech in Japanese I had prepared with my tutor. I was really nervous. And basically in the speech, I told them, and I cried when I gave the speech, Matt, and those of us listening, because I said, what you see in me is nothing other than Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's only Jesus who lives inside of me, and he loves you. And I thank him for the opportunity you know, to basically bring him you know, to you. So yeah, so I was in um, Japan for a year as a missionary teaching English. And then from there, I moved on to Korea for a few years where I met my wife, yeah. I've uh, met your wife as well. Great to see you've got a, uh, uh, you know, a, a heart for the nations. You've been to Japan, Korea. You've been in Australia for a number of years doing ministry as well. And uh, I heard you bring a message uh, in Sydney recently and was so inspired. Uh, you've really got a heart for evangelism and for revival. And you also mentioned you've got a messianic uh, flavor. Have you, have you got a bit of uh, Jewish blood, have you? Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, I kind of I kind of think that, yeah, I'm, I'm a fruit salad. My family's a fruit salad. Like my wife's uh, name in English means Silver Queen. She's originally from Korea. So I'm Jason Golden. So when I proposed to her um, over 18 years ago, almost now, uh, my proposal was, you know, silver and gold, I have none. <laughs> but I didn't say rise and walk. I said, you know, to prepare Jesus' bride, you know, globally, uh, you know, let's get married and prepare Jesus' bride. Because I felt such a strong call. You know, and as you said, not just to evangelism, revival, to messianic, but really for preparing the way of the Lord, not just in the hearts of his people, but to prepare the actual literal return, you know, of Jesus in our lifetime, you know, and in our generation. So, yeah, so um, originally from America, my wife from Korea, uh, called to Australia in 2002 for revival, you know, Australia for Jesus. We were with a uh, revival ministry for about 13 years plus. Um, I remember when I first came to Australia, Matt, many pastors would ask me whether we were having lunch or dinner um, or fellowship. You know, what brought you to Australia? <laughs> I would tell them, revival. I'm here for the end time revival. I do believe in the end time revival. You know, stop of the Holy Spirit. Now is Australia's time to arise and shine. Yes, I am also Jewish, um, which is where the fruit salad, uh, I think, gets all the more mixed. Uh, Jewish on both my mother's side and Jewish on both my father's side. So many people ask me, uh, you know, how was that growing up? Well, my answer is I really didn't know much about it because I was raised in a Christian home yeah. uh, with Christian parents. But they say, if your mother's Jewish, then you're Jewish. Then I heard another Jewish scholar say, well, that's what they've always taught. But if your father's Jewish, you're Jewish. Well, either way, I'm Jewish because there's Judaism on both my mother and father's side. But we were raised Christian, and supposedly it was in the late 1800s, if I have my information correct, where my father's family was fleeing persecution in the pogroms in Latvia, and that's what brought him to America. And then one of their sons came to faith in Jesus, Yeshua, as the Messiah, and basically, you know, that's how I guess, you know, the messianic faith spread through my father's family. My mother was raised as a Jewish orphan and then came to faith in Christ, I think, when she was a teenager. But yeah, we have such a passion. I've been to Israel twice. Um, my wife's been twice. My children, actually, my son's name is Josiah Israel, um, and our daughter's name is Shekinah Glory, because again, we feel, you know, such a call of God for all Christians to really stand with Israel. I mean, especially in this time, and I mean, what's happening right now 
in the Middle East, in Israel, and then even with America and Israel and Australia, and even right now with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu meeting uh, you know, President Trump with the deal of the century. Mm. So, yeah, we love Israel, bless Israel, pray for Israel, stand with Israel. What a time. Well, it's been wonderful to hear your story today, Jason, and I know that you've got a heart to preach the gospel all around Australia, all around the world. I pray the Lord will continue to open doors for you and that uh, you'll be able to raise up a whole new generation of evangelists in these last days. But one, one thing that I was inspired when I heard you speak was, you know, we talked about uh, the, the late Reinhard Bonnke who passed away uh, and how, you know, we believe there's a whole new generation of Reinhard Bonkies that are being raised up. You know, Billy Graham passed away. There's a whole new generation of Billy Grahams being raised up. Uh, that's one thing we're, we're both very passionate about, hey? Yeah, yeah, amen, amen, amen. And, and I mean, how exciting, too, to be part of that, you know, new breed, you know, that new wine skin, you know, the new wine, the new generation, um, you know, that's just going for Jesus, you know, gospel, you know, souls, you know, kingdom. It's like Matthew 20, 18 to 20. You know, we all know it well. You know, go into all the world, you know, preach the gospel, you know, make disciples. And um, if I can just finish with this, I mean, God is after our availability, you know, not our ability. And uh, all he's looking for is for us to say, here I am, uh, you know, fill me, use me and send me. And, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, well, I'm not an evangelist, yet you have the privilege and you have the honor, and God invites you, of course, to partner with Him, uh, you know, to preach the gospel and to win souls and to see people saved um, and come out of darkness, you know, into light from death to life, lost to found, you know, cursed the blessing. And I mean, what a time also, too, to, to share the reality, not just of, you know, God's goodness and God's love and God's grace in heaven, but to also share the reality of, of sin, you know, to also share the reality of, you know, the coming judgment, to also share the reality of hell, and every believer can do that. In fact, every believer should be doing that, and then we'll see Australia saved and transformed, and we'll see the nation saved and transformed, and we can see the world saved and transformed, and, and we can see Jesus come back in our lifetime and in our generation for His inheritance, you know, for His church, for His body, for His bride, and I mean, I think, Matt, we can agree together with many of our listeners, God desires none to perish, but, you know, all to be saved, to come to repentance, so many of us think, oh, you know, we're waiting on God. Yes, that's true, but God's waiting on us to rise up and to basically be salt and light the hands and feet of Jesus, and to simply win souls yeah, into the kingdom of God, so that we can see the bride prepared for, you know, Jesus coming back in our lifetime and generation. So, very exciting. Thank you so much for having me on your program. Jason, it's been great to have you with us, and uh, I know you've got that great ministry, Maranatha Kingdom Ministries. People can search it up if they want to connect. Uh, God bless you, Jason. I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. You too. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we appreciate all of your support. The vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus all over the world. If you've got a suggestion of someone we can interview, send us an email info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater. And why don't you go and make history? History Makers. This year is the 50th anniversary for the Bible League. They're celebrating all that God's done in their ministry and they're praying into all that He's going to do in the next 50 years. Ephesians 3.20 says that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that's at work within us. To Him be the glory of the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. If you'd like to support the Bible League as they reach the generations to come, go to BibleLeague.com.au.
Station sponsor.